0: Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. My name is Scott Reich and this is Crime Talk. We have a great show for you, so let's get straight to the dog. And first, Chloe Campbell is a runaway and now safe. Are some apologies in order? Second, formal charges in the Singh matter in California. Third, evil gets no reprieve. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. Thanks for watching. That's right. We are back for day two in the studio. You know the drill. Before we start, subscribe if you have not. Hit the like button if you do. Leave me a comment below and remember to hit that bell so that you receive notifications of when we go live or put up new content. And as always, remember, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Go ahead and download that anytime. And as another reminder, please join us tonight, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, we have a lot to talk about. We'll be talking about the Lori Vallow case, maybe some of these death penalty cases that we're talking about today. And isn't it ironic? Maybe we'll talk about this. Why is it that the people that usually completely disregard the law usually demand that all the rules be followed when it comes to their particular case? Something to think about. So let's go ahead and open the docket for Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, the Boulder Police Department was correct. Will some apologies follow? That's right. The 14-year-old girl who vanished, allegedly, from a high school football game 10 days ago has been found alive and at a house in Colorado, actually in Thornton, Colorado, just a stone's throw away from the Crime Talk studios and about 25 miles from where she was last seen in Boulder, Colorado. Chloe Campbell was discovered around 5 p.m. at this house in Thornton, Boulder police uh, said late Monday evening. The police said she appeared to be unharmed and was not being held against her will, which is good but she refused to confirm if she knew who she was found with. Now, Chloe disappeared on September 30th after being spotted at a Boulder High School football game and was last seen looking intoxicated on Boulder Creek Trail. She was described as being with two sketchy older men, and her father said she was a high-risk target for predators after struggling through the pandemic. And yesterday, we brought you the story that John JonBenet's Older brother was criticizing the Boulder Police Department for not issuing an Amber alert and for not doing more to find Chloe. In fact, I think he said that they were very lackadaisical in their approach. Since Boulder has been criticized uh, for believing that she was just a runaway, have not seen any apologies from anybody yet. The cops got it correct, ladies and gentlemen. We call it the way we see it. I was a little skeptical of the story the other day, but it looked like it was starting to get legs, so we thought we'd cover it. I'm glad that she is home. I hope that uh, she is safe and that she gets some help, that it seemed to be pretty clear that she is dealing with some issues. So we wish her well. I'm happy for her family that she is home. As a parent, I could not imagine uh, not knowing where your child was. Next on the docket, formal charges in the Singh case. California prosecutors charged a man with four counts of first-degree murder and kidnapping for the October 3rd abduction that ended with the death of an eight-month-old girl, her parents, and her uncle. Jesus Manuel Salgado was allegedly filmed kidnapping, eight-month-old Arui Deary. Her parents, Jasleen Kur, Jasdeep Singh, and her uncle, Amdeep Singh, at gunpoint from the family's trucking business in Merced, California. The family of four was found deceased at an orchard near the Dos Palos uh, two days later. Now, Salgado was a former employee at the victim's trucking business. He was said to have had a longstanding feud with the family. Now, officials have not revealed a cause of death, but some investigators think that the infant was basically left to die in the orchard of exposure. Now, Salgado reportedly tried to kill himself on October 2nd as detectives began moving in on him as a suspect. The family's bodies were discovered the following day. Now, Salgado is believed to have killed the family within an hour of abducting them, and he was reportedly filmed using one of the victim's credit cards um, on October 2nd. The suspect's younger brother, Alberto Salgado, was arrested on Thursday. He is charged with criminal conspiracy, accessory, as well as destroying evidence. That's going to be an interesting one, ladies and gentlemen. Clearly, somebody has some inability to control their emotions in that particular case, and multiple homicides, even in California, could bring the ultimate punishment. Please go to crimetalksearch.com, sign up for a background subscription service. You'll be happy you did. If there's anyone out there you were ever curious about, what was in their background, now is the time to do it. If you're going to get involved with somebody, now is the time to do it. When you go to crimetalksearch.com, you put in the name, literally millions of public records are searched and a report is generated. It's going to give you a report. If they have multiple social media accounts, you're going to find it. If they have multiple phone numbers, multiple email addresses, it's going to be found. And more importantly, you're going to get information regarding criminal History. Hopefully, the person you're searching has none whatsoever. But if it's there, it's going to be found. You're going to get everything you'd want to know, whether you're going into business or whether you're going into a personal relationship. You're going to be able to find out the information you want to know. So go to crimetalksearch.com, sign up today. You'll be happy you did. Next, Evil Gets No Reprieve. Seven years after his racist mass shooting inside a historic black church, which killed nine people and terrorized a nation, convicted murderer Dylan Roof lost his bid for the Supreme Court to review his death penalty case. The justices rejected his petition without any noted dissent or explanation. Now, Roof opened fire of a group of black worshipers taking part in a Bible study inside the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church on June 17th of 2015, ultimately resulting in nine deaths. A federal jury in South Carolina found Roof guilty of all 33 of the alleged charges that uh, he was charged with, and later the following year sentenced him to death. Now, Roof later pled guilty in his related state prosecution in exchange for a life sentence and no chance of an appeal. In seeking to avoid the capital punishment in the federal case, though, Roof's defense attorneys wanted to present evidence depicting him as an autistic and psychotic Uh, individual, but Roof refused that option to avoid discrediting what he viewed as the political motivations for his act because he wanted to provoke a race war. Real class act this guy is. Anyway, the mass murder also expressed no remorse for the people that he killed. Now, for Roof's federal public defenders, that sequence of events raised an unresolved question as to who gets the final say over what mitigating evidence is presented in the death penalty case, the defendant or his lawyers. So Roof fired his lawyers and stood alone against the government at his sentencing hearing. He presented no evidence or intelligible argument for his own life after the district court told him that the counsel could introduce evidence depicting him as mentally ill over his objection. His attorneys wrote in their petition for a writ of certiorari for review by the Supreme Court, quote, but while that is the law in the Fourth Circuit and a handful of other jurisdictions, the vast majority of state and federal courts hold otherwise, leaving this deeply personal choice to a defendant. Had Root been tried in any one of those majority jurisdictions, he would not have been forced to self-represent himself at his capital trial to block his own attorneys from presenting evidence that he abhorred, end quote. Though his crime was undeniably horrible and the government's case in aggravation substantial, they argued that Roof had a meaningful non-mental health mitigation defense that the jurors should have heard. Well, This goes back to August of 2021 when the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals rejected that view, writing that Roof deserved the punishment available. Quote, no cold record or careful parsing of statutes and precedent can capture the full horror of what Roof did. The court's ruling stated his crimes qualify him for the harshest penalty that a just society can impose. Now, just by way of background, just so everybody understands the horrific nature of this crimes, is that the Emmanuel parishioners welcomed Mr. Roof into their congregation for a Bible study and offered him literature for the day's discussion. The group prayed for 45 minutes, and as the session ended, Roof then pulled out a semi-automatic handgun that he had concealed in a bag that also carried eight magazines loaded with 11 rounds each. Now 28 years old, Riff awaits his execution inside the Maximum Security Prison in Terre Haute, Indiana. And in other potential death penalty news, the Parkland shooter, Nicholas Cruz, rested his head against his hands and stared down expressionless while the lead prosecutor in his sentencing trial made an impassioned final push to persuade jurors to sentence the gunman to death for the February 2018 killing of 14 students and three school staffers. In closing arguments, Assistant State Attorney Mike Satz told jurors that Cruz's killings were cold, calculated, meticulously planned, and deserving of execution. Now, while Cruz's defense team has focused their case on their belief that his birth mother's heavy drinking During pregnancy, left him with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder that led to erratic behavior and culminated in the mass shooting. The prosecution argued otherwise. The prosecutor, Satz, told the jury that Cruz's disorder did not cause him to abuse animals, to hate women, to have racist obsessions, or to cause him to murder 14 children and three other of their caretakers. While Cruz, he's now 24, pled guilty last year to 17 counts of murder and 17 counts of attempted murder. He said he chose Valentine's Day to make it impossible for the Parklands Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School students to ever celebrate the holiday. Now, his lead attorney, Melissa McNeil, will give her closing argument later today. Deliberations are expected to start Wednesday and obviously will bring you the verdict when it is announced. You never know what a jury will do. I'm telling you that. But Cruz, but I believe that Cruz will get the ultimate punishment in this case. Let me know what you think. Is his mitigation enough to save his life? Not sure. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day, our dumb magic mushroom criminal of the day. A Miami man who took some magic mushrooms and then allegedly groped in flight attendant and broke into an occupied toilet on the flight has blamed the crazed attack on the altitude. Cherry Garcia, that's right, Cherry Garcia Sevilla, uh, was arrested after traveling from Miami to Washington on October 4th when a dose of psilocybin he had taken kicked in, sending him into a frenzy. Around one hour into the two hour flight, Sevilla started running down the plane's aisle, clapping loudly near the cockpit and swearing loudly. The magic mushroom uh, flyer allegedly groped an air stewardess and uh, broke into an occupied toilet, Uh, but he blamed the uh, uh, crazed attack on the altitude. Well, Sevilla made a comment after reading the police report and he said, hey, 90% of what was said was true And he said that the altitude uh, may have played a little bit into his behavior. He said, I remember pulling the piece of plastic off the door, but don't remember using any degree of force, he added. And according to the affidavit, he grabbed the uh, flight attendant by the uh, right breast at one point. He disputed uh, touching the attendant's breast, saying, they claim I grabbed the flight attendant's breast, but that's not me at all. No, but that's maybe you on magic mushrooms. And as a quick note... Obviously, the cabin is pressurized. So even if they were up at, say, 35,000 feet, it's going to pressurize as though it's at five to 6,000 feet. Probably not enough to uh, send you into some sort of a crazed uh, uh, situation because of altitude sickness. I'm going to say it's the mushrooms. And Jerry Garcia Sevilla, you, Jerry Garcia Sevilla, are our dumb criminal of the day. Congratulations, you made it. Please join us tonight. 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We go live immediately following that. We will do our Patreon show. And hey, we hope you have a wonderful day, not just a great day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.